0: Welcome in the latest episode of that SEC podcast, brought to you by Twisted Tea and my bookie. I'm your host Michael Bratton. I go by SEC Mike on Twitter, and I'm joined by my cousin Shane, who's sitting right here. Who and he goes by Big Orange Balls on Twitter. What's up, yo TNC Homer? Oh. <laughs>
1: Baby, what's going on? <laughs> My mentions are full of gators and ball hate. I love it. <laughs> yeah.
0: And, hey, it's a big week. Preseason's over. That's mm-hmm. what I'm calling it, brother. Preseason. All those garbage non-conference games. We're in the real season. We are. Do we count the preseason or we count the real season? We count the real season. Absolutely. So I'm opening one, two here. <laughs> Florida, Tennessee, LSU, Mississippi State, Georgia, South Carolina, and hell oh, – yeah, Kansas State, Missouri—that feels like a conference game feels in itself. Like it, don't so, it? yeah, I am fired up, brother. I'm ready to get into it, and uh, we got a lot of games to talk here. Yes, how's that sound? This
1: sounds good, man. I'm pumped up, and like you said, it's a—you uh, know—week two's over. You know, right? It, it's like we've that one through the mud as much as we can. Moving forward, this is when it counts. You know, it's like school. You know, you could you could be a terrible student. All the way to high school. It's those four years that really count. You know what I'm saying? Those four years is what gets you to college and and shit like that. So it just kind of feels like that's what it was. We got we got grade school out of the way. It's now high school time. So let's let's have some football. And every Saturday moving forward, Mike, is going to matter, you mm-hmm, know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's what I love about it. It just gets a little bit more tense, you know, because in the back of your mind, you're like, <laughs> even if you're a Bama fan, you're like, you know. Yeah, we lost this one, but we can still play them again, you know? (laughs) Or you could say the same thing about Florida. You could say the same thing about AM. But moving forward, it's like now you can't afford to lose anymore. So it's going to be awesome.
0: So, uh, yeah, just imagine if Florida wins this weekend. Oh, that's hard for you to even hear me say those words, but they'll be two and one. Uh And I think even the most optimistic Florida fan in the summer would have said, after three, I would take two and one. Yeah, don't you think? Absolutely, and undefeated in conference play,
1: buddy. If I, the Gators—they're all right. You know what I'm saying? They were the laughing stock the, at the you know the season opener and stuff like that. But. Since then, everyone else has stumbled out of the block. So no more fingers are being pointed. So this is the Gators are fine, and they're anticipating a win. You can definitely tell online, man. <laughs> <laughs> I've had to a mute a couple of you Gator fans. <laughs> All
0: right, Shane. And then I apologize to the audience. I screwed up once again, of course. But on the Sunday show, we played a couple Missouri reaction uh, clips. People called the call-in line. Remember, that call-in line, 615 965 5152, five, and we're hoping for more of you SEC fans. But well, we want you guys to be burning up this call in line, especially right after a game 615 965 5152. Five, and we played a couple Missouri from the last one. We had a really good Tennessee one and a good Florida one. I forgot to play them. Mm-hmm. Let's go with the Tennessee one because it is Tennessee week. This was right after the uh, Austin P and, and leave your name if you want. You don't have to. You know, some of these people going to vent. Maybe yeah. they don't want their name attached yeah. to it. I get it. But it would be kind of fun if you put your name to it. But uh, let's kick it over to this first one. It's a Tennessee fan who was red hot after that Austin <laughs> P game.
2: But I just want to say about these Tennessee fans, I'm a diehard boss the day I die. But I get on Twitter mid-game, and I am absolutely astonished by the stupidity, but also arrogance at the same damn time. You got half the folks saying the receivers got to catch those balls. You got half the people saying Milton can't make a good pass. It hit, it, it touched his hands. He should have caught it. Here's my thing. You're playing Austin freaking T. I mean, this is a glorified high school team. No offense to them. They made it further than I ever did. But good God, Joe Milton, 15 yard pass behind him. Above him, below him, beside him. Anything but the good Lord's chest. Hit him in the chest. Hit him in the damn chest. I don't get it. I just don't get it. I mean, Joe Bill's got this big arm. It don't make a shit. You can throw it 90 yards. If you can't hit him in the damn chest. I'm worried about Florida. Just worried about it sick. Hope we go down there and mud stop them gators into a pit, but shit, it's gonna be hard to win when you can't hit them in the chest. <laughs> All
0: right, buddy. So, <laughs> hey, hit them in <laughs> the <that> damn <laughs> chest, Mike. Come on,
1: man. <laughs> I could,
0: I could tell y'all from personal experience, uh, cousin Shane. You were not that red hot, but you were.
1: I was upset. You were pretty hot after I that. I was one. upset, and and I have a tendency to. Get offline Because I'm afraid I'll say something stupid You know Thank mm-hmm. God Elon Put the old edit button On there So I could, <laughs> I could edit A few after the after the fact But but brother I love this And this is why We like the hotline Because Ain't no better coach Than us You know what I'm saying Ain't right. no better Athletic director Than us <laughs> So if we If we need to fire somebody We need to know So be sure to call That hotline uh, I, I think it's It's great Sometimes You don't have a buddy Well you You got two right here You got two cousins Right here That right. you can vent to So call the hotline Tell us how you feel And if it's good enough We'll include it online
0: (laughs) Yep Again that number 615-965-5152 And then we had another one Real short Shane A Florida fan Down on Billy Napier Mm -hmm. But he's still Liking his odds (laughs) this week
2: Man When people said Billy Napier sucked I didn't believe him But now
0: we all know He's still gonna beat the Fuck out of Tennessee, cuz of shame. <laughs> oh, I, I love that part. Oh, I love it, man. There's been chirping
1: all over, and it's not just Tennessee and, and, oh, yeah. and Florida, South Carolina, Georgia going yep. around at it. Uh, You're starting to see some of these other programs. Texas A&M under attack big time by the Longhorns, even though they didn't even play. You know what I'm saying? So this is what we love. This is why we cherish the SEC football, because it's the passion fan base, and it just means more, man.
0: Yeah, well, and speaking of that, Shane, obviously this Saturday means the world to Tennessee and Florida. Yeah. And this rivalry game oftentimes dictates who has a good season, who has an underperforming season. Florida, nice bounce back. Tennessee coming off a sluggish performance. Which which coach do you think this game means more to, Josh Heupel or Billy Naper? And I'm specifically talking not the overall rivalry or anything yeah. like that, but this season and what it could mean for the rest of the year.
1: Well, I think that's a great question, Mike. And uh, the pressure is, I think, more on Josh Heupel because everyone – in this state, is expecting a win. Yeah. They, they feel like this is always going to be a 10-win ball club moving forward, and losing to the Florida Gators would be just, especially a down Florida Gators, say what you want. I, I know they're building, and, and Billy's Billy's doing a hell of a job. It's a slow build, but they're getting there. Mm-hmm. But, again, those expectations. There are some Gator fans out there that say, hey, look, we've and look at the last 20 years, how many times we've been. Yeah, we're going to win. But they've also got that little, you know, Josh Hopple, you know, I mean, we got to see a little bit of this offense. And so I think the pressure is more on Josh than it is Billy here. You know, great opportunity. Uh, You come to Tennessee
3: uh, because you want to play in these types of games, these types of environments, Um, you know, sitting on primetime Saturday night. Um, Great challenge in front of us, really good football team. Um, You know, the big, strong athletic on both sides of the line of scrimmage. Skill players uh, on both sides are are really good. Uh, Great speed. And that will be a huge test for us. You're going to have some games like that. Was that a good time for that? Can be, absolutely. Um, you know, I mean, the uh, you know, as much as anything, uh, the competitive edge that you have to be on, the right side of it, um, is extremely important. And the difference between success and failure in this game is, is really small. So it wasn't all 11 all at one time. Um, we can be better, need to be better. These guys care. Um, they got a great care factor about them. So we'll have a great week of practice. And
0: do you feel at all, Shane, that, uh, you know, we try to be optimistic. Yeah. Tennessee has not quite lived up to the hype. I mean, I don't even know if that's fair. But but the point being, Shane, the plays are there to be made. Yeah. They're just not making them. It's a drop, it's a pass too high to a pass a little behind. It's maybe a, a penalty that shouldn't have been called. If they could clean these things up and these are easy things. Just hit them in the damn
1: chest, yeah. Mike, you know. <laughs> it's not like we need yeah.
0: an overhaul of talent. Yeah. Uh and I'm not saying they're they're going to be, you know, Hen and Hooker 2.0, but it feels like we're three or four plays away in each game to to adding 21 points on on the scoreboard. Uh, yeah. And that gives me confidence as a Tennessee fan that if we can just clean that up, we can reach this uh, high-flying offense we're used to seeing. What's your thoughts on that?
1: Yeah, I I I I think we took Hen and Hooker for, you know, I, I he was he was more than just a good decision maker. He was a I mean, he could throw the ball perfect downfield, you know, 99 if if you're talking about stretching the field and and we know Joe's got an arm on him, but he's he's failed to hit those big balls, you know, and 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 the big the big thing from a volunteer fan is if you're if you're watching this, this is our bread and butter, man. This is what we were about. We've kind of gotten used to it, mm-hmm. you know, these big plays. And then all of a sudden, people start sneaking up on you. They start getting a little bit close to that box, and it gets a little tougher for those running backs to run. It gets a little tougher for Joe because they're putting pressure on him, you know. It, it all stems back to not being able to stretch this field. So you are correct. It's not just Joe Milton. I'm I'm – Buddy, I'm still in in camp, all right? Look, here I still got my Joe, my Joe <laughs> cup right here. I'm I'm there. Yeah. But that leash got a little bit shorter last week, I think. And and he's going to have to take over games like the Florida Gators. He's going to, have to ta- If we're going to beat programs like Florida and Georgia and Alabama, you know, he's got to figure it out. And and Part of me is like, is this the same 21 Joe yeah. or is this a 23 Joe? You know, so just got to see it. And the receivers have got to help him. If it's in the area, they cannot afford to have any more drops moving forward.
0: Yeah. And, and, you know, the explosive passing game has been missing from the offense. So that's critical. Everyone's looking at that. They're not hitting those deep shots like yeah. they did last season. And, and that's been evident. But one thing I, I want to see. And I think we're, we're going to have to see it, not only in this game, but the rest of the way in the SEC schedule, in these big-time matchups. I think Joe Milton is going to have to run the ball. Yeah. And they're going to have to use him. I mean, he's a damn giant there. Absolutely. They've got to use him as a battering ram. I don't want to – I mean, saying someone Tim Tebow, that's wild. Yeah. Tim, there's only one Tim Tebow. But in role like that, two or three times a game, five times a game, near the goal line, third and short, fourth yeah. and short, I mean, if he can't pick that up. It's, yeah, it, th- that's a problem. Then what are we doing here? Yeah.
1: Well, I mean, that's the beauty of this offense. You can seriously spread them. You can go sideline to sideline. You can have five guys out there, maybe have four or five in the box and give Joe a, a designated run. I'm surprised we haven't seen more of that. Usually, you you don't see that if you're not confident in your, your backup. And, you know, there was rumors floating around that Nico was a little banged up last week. So maybe that's why we didn't see so many designated runs. But then again, it is Austin P. So you don't yeah. want to put your quarterback out there if he doesn't need to be. But, you know, I don't think we see any of that this week. I, I The offense opens up they're going there, there's some plays they haven't called yet okay and i'm not saying they've been running vanilla or anything like that but there's some there's some routes there's some play calls that we've not seen on film this year that we're going to see during this Florida Gator game
0: yeah and uh you know one key difference Shane in this matchup the talent is fairly similar mm-hmm. i don't think Tennessee's drastically more talented right. than Florida and i certainly don't think Florida's more drastically more talented than Tennessee mm-hmm. but one key where Tennessee has a big advantage is, remember we talked about it leading up to like week one, it was like 17, 18 seniors in the two deep. Florida, not exclusively, but they're a lot more freshmen and sophomores. So Tennessee has a big time edge in experienced players that have seen the battles in the SEC. And they had a players only meeting, Shane. Mm -hmm. And I think this is evident of what exactly I'm talking about. We're sitting here. It's not been pretty, but Tennessee's two and zero, and they're holding players only meetings. In past at Tennessee, you have player meetings when we're zero and two yeah. and losing to Georgia State and garbage teams like this. They're they're upset the way they're winning, yeah. which I think is a great sign for Tennessee. Let's kick it over to Omar Thomas, a defensive lineman, one of the one of these veterans I'm talking about, who referenced uh, that players only meeting here on. This week uh, on Some
4: Tuesday, talked that there was like a players only meeting or something like that on Sunday. If it, first off, was there, and if so, what, what was said? What was the need for it? How did that go? Uh, yes, it was said, and um, we we did have one. And what we talked about in there, we just talked about how we just got to continue to approach the week. We can't change our preparation. We can't. We know it's a big game, first SEC game of the year. It's a rivalry game. We just didn't need to change what we do. We approach the same day every, like like we do any other day, and just come in, and have fun, ready to work. And that was really the main thing, just continuing to grow together and just you have that players meeting. Uh, it was a great meeting for us, honestly, just because it allowed everybody to see that we all still have the same page, flush the game that happened, and just let's continue to go work this week. All right, Chase, so what's that
0: say to you? Because, you know, mixed reaction. I'm seeing Florida fans are saying, I never heard of a good team having a players-only meeting. <laughs> and then I see Tennessee fans like, our boys got it. They got it. They yeah. know what they need to do. Where Where do you lean on there?
1: Well, again, expectations are a little bit higher on this program this year than it was last, and yeah. I, and I think if you were to poll the team, they all feel like these first two games should have been a lot easier than they were, and they yeah. weren't. And again, it was stupid self. Yeah, It was just mistakes that that an individual make, whether it be blocking or whether it be catching, whether it be throwing. And, again, this isn't coaching problems. This is player problems. So I I like this. I think this was a good call because this game, you can't afford to have those mistakes or they're going to beat you. I mean, I'm a diehard Vol fan. Everybody knows that. But this program, this Florida Gator program, scares me coming off of last week because – and it's something Billy's going to hit on here in a minute, the weakness of us is going 0 for 3, you know, going 3 and out. You mm-hmm. do that, yeah. you give the ball to the Florida Gators that have now discovered their at rushing attack, that's scary because they can milk this clock. The worst thing that can happen for the Florida Gators is to get down multiple scores. I think that's that's what this game's going to come down to. Tennessee, trying to, if they can get a couple scores on them early, they win. If they don't, and they keep Florida hanging around, they're going to lose.
0: Mm. Yeah, so you you referenced Billy Napier. Let's cut it to him. Florida, number one in the SEC in time of possession. Mm-hmm. That's Billy Ball right there. That's it. You know, they chew up at clock, yeah. limit possessions, rest the defense. A <laughs> 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 May not be exciting, but nobody cares if you get the win. That's right. And uh, that is something that they're going to be keying in on this week more than any other opponent they play because mm-hmm. they – there's Ooh, Billy Ball right there. there he hears it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh sure. well, they probably won't hear the lightning. But uh, let's kick it over to Billy Napier talking uh, limiting the possessions and, and how critical that'll be in this yeah. football game.
5: Nation in fewest snaps, your defense has been on the field this year. You got nine more minutes a game possession time. How it, talk about the correlation between keeping your offense on the field and keeping your defense
6: off? Yeah, I think there's a commitment there to play complementary football. Um, ultimately, we've got off the field, you know, on defense. I mean, we've been much improved on third down. And, look, I think as the season unfolds and we get into the, the thick of the schedule, some of these statistical things uh, will settle in. But, I mean, there's no doubt we've been better in that area. Time of possession has been a factor. Um, Ultimately, you know, we probably need to create a few more explosives, truth be known. And, um, you know, there's so many things that contribute to those stats early in the year. I think it can be a little bit of a misnomer. But, you know, there's no doubt I'm confident that we're much improved on defense. We talked about it in the preseason. Uh, And ultimately, I think we're going to continue to get better, too, because there's a lot of young players out there playing
3: to keep your offense on the field, though, against a team like Tennessee that likes to
7: run 75, 80 plays a game?
6: Yeah, the play count number can roll up. You know, I think it's right in the high 70s. I think relative to both sides of the ball on average, they're going to play in the high 70s. We're going to play in the high 70s. So the play count's going to improve. Um, you know, if in depth can be a key component, especially late, but um, – it's. I think <clears throat> the game's about first down, <clears throat> and then you got to get off the field on third down. So, ball gets into the red area. <clears throat> you got to force them to kick field goals. Um, last year's game was indicative of that. If you dig into it,
0: all right, Chase. Well, let me ask you this, because I've said this before. People just think I'm a hater. I can't believe people would say something like that. Does Billy Napier survive if he doesn't win this football game? And I don't mean they're going to fire him on Sunday or anything like that. But the way I'm looking at it, Shane, you're getting a struggle in Tennessee. I think that's fair to say. When you got behemoths on the schedule like Georgia and Florida State and potentially LSU's on the road, you got some hell of matchups here coming up. This this feels like a must win after how embarrassing Utah was.
1: Uh, maybe a must win for that fan base, um, must win for that admin, definitely a must win for Billy. But but when the dust settles, it is a top ten team. You know, remove Tennessee's name off of it altogether. <laughs> losing to a top ten is a little bit different than losing to. Uh, a program that you know, because they got they got a tough schedule. They still got yeah. South Carolina. They got Mizzou. They got they're going to be all over the place. But there's going to be several opponents that they face that aren't a top 25. Losing to those, mm-hmm. I think that is going to get his his seat hot. Losing to a top 10, no. But I, I say all that to say this: if they lose by big, yeah. you know what I'm saying, 30, 40 points, something like that. Then all that's out the window because it is a rivalry at the end of the day, a rivalry that the Florida Gators are used to winning.
0: Mm -hmm. And I just think that even if it's a one point win, I was going to say half a point, but you can't do half a point. But one point win, I don't care how ugly it is. I think that the fans get they rally behind that and say, Tennessee, you are who we thought you were, and that's that's how Florida climbs up that SEC ladder Mm -hmm. that we're always talking about. And next on their in their range will be Kentucky. Yeah, they got to beat Kentucky. Yeah. And they can. They can beat Kentucky. But
1: Hell's good as Tennessee's schedule was last year. I mean, they almost beat us there in Knoxville. Right. So
0: Yeah. And I last thing, I mean, it got, it kind of goes without saying, but phew, Saturday night in the swamp. Yeah. I mean, a lot of good teams have lost in that environment. So e Tennessee's gonna have to play a really good game. They're gonna have to play their best game of the year mm-hmm. just to get a one point win, I think. Yeah.
1: Well in the in the fans has yeah. got to be there you know the swamp's only as good as the people that are in you know i watched again it was mcney state and the place was not sold out i mean they may have said it was but clearly there were some empty seats you know you can't have that against tennessee balls you got everybody's got to be there drunk loud <laughs> angry you know be a place well, growing up man i was always told never to wear tennessee into that stadium a jersey, you know, or anything like that. Always, always wear a neutral colors or something over, <laughs> you know, cheering your section, you know, and then put something on and then go back out. You're gonna get spit on. You're gonna get yelled at. You know, be that place again. Be be tenacious. Make the swamp one of the one of the best. When they bring out these these. Because, you know, we did them, too, those offseason lists, and they're talking about the top ten worst place to play on the road. You know who's not being mentioned as much as they used to be? The Swamp. So yeah, get back to that.
0: All right, how about this uh, Next show? Next week.
1: Not this week. Next <laughs> week.
0: <laughs> how about this showdown, Shane? LSU on the road, Mississippi State. Yeah. First conference game for both of those early, early kickoff. I've seen some LSU fans happy about that see some Mississippi State fans mad about that. I I don't know if that favors one over the other, but LSU's got a lot to prove, man, after getting embarrassed week one. And if they're losing to Mississippi State, I think it's time to just sell all my stock in LSU. They're favorites on the road. Mississippi State, meanwhile, survived against Arizona, ugly fashion, but a win's a win, and Zach Arnett's going to take that. But uh, thoughts on, on this matchup? as uh, LSU travels to Mississippi State.
1: Well, I think this is going to be a sneaky good game and uh, because it's strength on strength. This this defense really came alive last week for Mississippi State. Yeah. And I want to kind of ask you, because I'm always curious, Like, would you want a game like Grambling where nothing goes wrong, everything goes right, we go out here, we steamroll them, we get some confidence, maybe a little swagger, but does that – does that dip production during the week when you come off a game like Mississippi State that fought for the life in overtime, you know, and quickly went to that tape and said, "Hey, if we did this, this, and this, we never would have went to overtime. We would have put this game away." Mm-hmm. You know, do you do you think it's more of a benefit coming off one of those lackadaisical games like Grambling or, or a close game like Arizona?
0: Hmm. Yeah, because they're they're both at different points in their program for sure.
1: And the only reason I say that is because I feel like there was a little bit of that cockiness coming into the Florida State game. Right. And I'm not saying they're going to have that with Mississippi State, but you you secretly ask any player in that locker room if they're going to lose this week. Oh, hell no. There's no right. way LSU loses it. You ask the fans, no way. But sometimes, if you come in with that attitude, you're punched in the mouth, and you're two three quarters in, and you're fighting for your life. So I'm wondering, you know, even the fact this game's pushed to noon, media doesn't care, blah blah blah. You can you can paint it whatever. I think it's more of a benefit for Mississippi State because you know they'll be dialed in, right? But I don't know if that hurts LSU coming off a cupcake like Grambling.
0: Well, I think this is a unique situation where it may help both. Yeah, and that's kind of like a cheap way to answer that. But LSU got exposed mm-hmm. in the opener, so they found out quickly. We got issues here, here, and here. Mm-hmm. And an opponent like Grambling, you make adjustments and you you figure that out. And then obviously it's, it worked against Grambling. So that doesn't mean it's going to work in the SEC. But now you already have a, another week of, of film, knowing how those adjustments worked against Grambling. Now we translate that to an SEC. Like, had they jumped into Mississippi State right after Florida State, I don't know. I don't know if they would have gotten that confidence. I don't know if the adjustments would have worked as well. Yeah. I I think it helps LSU. Now, to your point, as Zach Arnett is trying to build his program, yeah, winning at home, winning ugly, winning a game, I think a lot of other teams would have lost in that situation, but a win's a win. They come out 2 0. They played you know I don't want to say awful because the defense was really good, yeah, but the, but the offense was hit or miss. I, I think getting a win in that fashion, knowing that we don't always have to play our A game and we're still winning. yeah again, if we can clean those issues up, we can really stun the world and beat LSU.
6: and be proud of your guys for you know, coming through with the win how much do you think some of the young players can learn from from being in a game like that and, and playing through some of the lows to you know find a way
7: to win as well yeah, you're hundred
8: percent right right I
1: mean if you're a guy who's a freshman out there or maybe it's your first time really getting significant action and you have to play for a, a full 60 minutes and then some more right because of overtime right you grow from that uh, you know and you learn from the highs and the lows and so uh, yeah, we should be a more mature, experienced football team uh, because of that game, which is good for us. It's going to be good for us in the long run.
0: And interestingly, Shane, Will Rogers, I mean, we're used to him throwing it all over the yard. Yeah. I keep throwing this stat out because this is going to my mind. Mississippi State, this season, I know it's early, but 119th in the country <laughs> in pass attempts. 119th. You have any idea where they were the last three years? Like three? Number one. Number one? Every single year. Now, again, it's just two games, but yeah. that's a drastic, drastic difference. And they need to get back. I, You know, I think they're trying to establish their identity, clearly, as a, as a tough nose running team, short in the game, defense. Mm-hmm. But I don't think that's going to work it against LSU because LSU's weakness is a secondary. Yeah. And Florida State threw all over them. Grambling had some success throwing on them. Surely, to God, Will Rogers can have success throwing the ball. but. Well, for some reason, maybe kind of like you're saying with Tennessee, maybe they're holding stuff back, but they nearly lost Arizona. So I don't yeah. think – I mean, imagine holding <laughs> shit play- back and losing a game.
1: <laughs> that playbook was open, man. <laughs> right, right. So
0: I, I don't know what is the issue, but we've got we've to let – you know, we don't have to throw it 60 times in the game. Yeah. We've got to be a lot more balanced, and we've got to make plays in the passing game if we're going to have any shot of upsetting Mississippi LSU.
1: Mississippi State can't play scared. Right. And I feel like we've been playing a little scared. Like, let's don't do this because it could result in an interception. Let's don't do this because it could result in a turnover. You know, you you come if you're coach at that angle, your players are gonna play like that. So I I think we need to open it up a little bit, take some chances because you're like you said, you're gonna have to to win games like this one.
3: Coach, kinda piggybacking on what Mike asked, did you think in fall camp that it would be this challenging back there in the in the secondary uh, this early in the season
8: yes yeah we knew that we were playing new players back there and um, the the challenges uh, were going to be uh, in developing players with very little experience but with talent but talent is only one part of the equation uh it's developing you know the consistency and uh doing the little things that require um playing at a high level you know tackling leveraging the football um being in the right leverage whether it's inside leverage or outside leverage um you know raking through the basket you know when the ball's in the air and getting it out and which we've done you know, much better in, in week two. So uh, I think all of those things were going to be work in progress for us. Um, you know, we competed well for the ball in the air. Uh, I think what we'd like to see better is um, our technique to improve the fundamentals and, and probably the tackling. Ryan, you said post game that Harold Perkins has a new position. What are y'all going to start asking him to do? This maybe be different from the first game, and what was the impetus for that change? Well, we wanted to free him up a little bit. you know he's got a lot of responsibilities playing inside um and we just we just needed to let him go and 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 let him play fast. Um, we felt like you know with all of the things that we had asked him to do, we probably slowed him down a little bit and one of the things we have to do as coaches is is know where your players are relative to um you know playing fast and and I think we Saw in the very first play um, with the physicality he showed when the ball got out on the perimeter. That's not something that you want to do is throw the ball out on the perimeter um, with with Harold. So I think we made the right decision there. And uh, now we'll refine what we do with him. Like we can move him around. We can move him inside and outside and do some things that can keep him um, in a position to impact the game. And that's that's what we're trying to do.
0: And how much – because I don't think there's any pressure on Zach Arnett necessarily to win this one. Hmm. I think he just gains a ton of fans yeah. that he's already got. But, I mean, they'll have more confidence in him if they beat him. But I think Brian Kelly, I think there's all the pressure in the world yeah. on him. If he loses this game, uh-huh. I'm not trying to be disrespectful to Mississippi State, but it's two games – out of three that's already down, when people like me saying you're gonna win the West, you can win the national championship, Mm -hmm. that's I mean, he's gonna be mocked not just by LSU fans, but by the country. Oh
1: yeah. Yeah, definitely.
0: So I don't know. (laughs) I don't know, Shane. This is this is one game I really got my eye on this weekend.
1: It's gonna be fun, man. And it's early. So we're gonna we're gonna be talking about it all Saturday. It's one of those like you you play at nine o'clock, you know you wrap up at eleven, and, and it's like, well, we'll talk about it. But there's all these other games. Yeah. But you do one at noon. It's like all game. We're talking about these others. But did you see that Mississippi State LSU matchup? <laughs> <laughs> what the,
0: what the hell's wrong with LSU? Yeah, That's gonna exactly. be a national storyline. Uh-huh.
1: Brian Kelly, he was a bust. So yep. don't. I mean, it's gonna be a good game regardless. But uh, again, I think this one's simply gonna boil down to. Who makes, and that's cliche, but who makes the least amount of mistakes here? Mm-hmm. If, if LSU truly cleaned it up from week one, they'll be fine. They'll, they'll steamroll Mississippi State. But if Mississippi State opens it up, plays a little less scared, I, who knows, man. I don't think we've seen the teeth
0: of this offense yet. Right. All right, how about this one, Shane? Big matchup here. SEC on CBS <laughs> Game of the Week. South Carolina at Georgia. We got a good one here, Shane, because we've, <laughs> we've already got some. Uh, so this is another one where these fans hate each other. Yeah, they do. You know, do. there's no respect. I don't yeah. care how many national championships Georgia won. They're a bunch of cheaters, a yeah. bunch of this and that in South Carolina. Oh, oh, lowly South Carolina. And remember, Kirby, he was on his way to South Carolina. They, they were hiring him. Yep. And Georgia found out. They fired Rick like that to – we gotta bring them home, you That's know. Right. We, we we don't want to play against them. So, oh, and these coaches were in the same neighborhood, <laughs> you yeah.
1: know, sharing casseroles and shit.
0: You know, yeah. we, we're
1: gonna get a couple of those stories too. But but deep down inside, they both want to win this one for sure.
0: Yeah, and, and I love this Shane because there's a lot of talk already about the crowd noise. Beamer <laughs> hit on it, but more importantly. Oh, Apparently gosh. at media days, well, we get we clip everything. That this is why people don't say stuff at yeah. media days now, because these people clip it up months <laughs> later and say, Do you hear what they said at media days three months ago?" And all this, and then to get Kirby and them riled up. So here's Kirby's response. Here's Shane Beamer on the Georgia crowd.
8: Overall, what have your what's your opinion been on the attendance and at least the crowd noise they were developing through these first two games? And I know SEC media days. Tonka Hemingway was asked about. Know, some of the toughest stadiums he played in, and Georgia wasn't on that list. How important or how just good to see You know Sanford being one of the toughest places to play uh, around, not only the SEC, but the NCAA? Yeah, I'm, I'm expecting it to be
3: that. People want to question whether our fans are elite. We'll find out Saturday, right? Sounds like Tonka called him out. So maybe, maybe uh, we uh to use Tonka for motivation and let him be the one that spurns our group to come out there at 3.30 and – uh, be really loud and fired up. So, I, I, I certainly hope our family, hope fan base will be there. They've answered the bell every single time. I don't know why they wouldn't. Shane, you
5: mentioned, I mean, the number one ranking, Georgia. You've got a few guys that have been in this atmosphere before. Do you find yourself having to tell anybody on the team about, like, you got to be prepared for this atmosphere? Or do they pretty much already know what they're going to be walking into? I would hope they know. Um, you know, I mean, a lot of these guys – all on our team were highly recruited guys and maybe went to a game as a recruit at Georgia or they came here or they went to other SEC games. So it's like I told them this morning, I mean, this will be a rocking environment. Uh, when we go to Knoxville in a few weeks, it'll be a rocking environment. Uh, when we go to AM and and where else do we go? Missouri this year, I mean, it's the SEC. And uh, if you don't want to play in front of 90, 100,000-seat fans, you should have gone and played in another conference. Uh, we don't go and play in front of stadiums where there's twenty, thirty thousand people in the stands for a conference game. It's this is the SEC, so I, you know, our guys uh, should embrace that. We know it'll be a big challenge. It was extremely uh, difficult to communicate over there a couple of years ago. We know how loud it'll be, and and but I want our guys to um, embrace it as well. Um, you know, we uh, we uh, went to Clemson last year, and that was a you know hostile environment, and. And we played with poise and get off to a great start. We played with poise, and and uh, it'll be the first time for a lot of these guys in an atmosphere like this. So it'll be a challenge as well. You try and educate them. But, again, with us, it's we need to worry about what we can control, and that's going to play well.
0: Oh, buddy. All right. So, again, it's going to be rowdy down there. No, you know no, what I
5: love? It. And
1: in the clip, I don't know if you played uh, played his clip, but he just mentioned two of the loudest stadiums. It wasn't like he said – Georgia sucks, or they're not loud. He just didn't mention them. And, right. You know, so, I mean, the proper answer, I guess, is to give the name of 13 other teams in you know? <laughs> <laughs> loud environments. But hey, whatever it takes, Kirby is always going to find motivation. Kudos to the media team to help them out this week. But <laughs> hey, buddy, I've been there. All right. Don't start calling back. You know, <laughs>
0: I'm just
1: saying. Uh, take, take word for the wise here. You may just want to, but. Georgia fans will be there. Georgia, it'll be loud, uh, as always, but uh, I, I kind of like this because, again, the ribbon's already started.
0: And all the uh, hype, Shane, for uh, Spencer Rattler has been warranted. He's been yeah. incredible. But uh, clearly, this is going to be his toughest test to date, Yeah, probably his toughest test of the season,
8: mm-hmm.
0: playing in Athens. I guess he's two-time national champions here. What's your confidence level that uh, Spencer Rattler can have another great game with these dogs coming after them. And, you know, they made some adjustments in the Furman game on the offensive line, but that still, that means nothing. We'll, we'll yeah. learn a lot more about them here against Georgia. But what's your confidence level that Spencer can continue his hot hand? And uh, I'm not I'm not asking to predict an upset or anything, but just, I mean, they got no shot if Spencer doesn't have a, a fantastic day.
1: Yeah. This is obviously the toughest test. Um, but, you know, there was a lot of pressure in that North Carolina game too. Game day's there. Everybody's watching, yeah, um, and and I don't feel like he didn't meet expectations in that one. So I'm not saying 3:30 George is going to be any different. Okay, the environment's going to be more violent, but he's seen it. You know, he's been there. He's been in some loud places and has performed under pressure. So, mm-hmm. um, no, this Spencer's dialed in. Uh, he is in my mind one of the top two, three quarterbacks right now in this league. The way he's playing. Um, I, I fully expect him to have a great game against Georgia, but it's going to come down. It has nothing to do with him. I think it's the offensive line, you know, if they don't give him time, then it doesn't matter. You know, it's a moot point. So I think it's going to ultimately boil down to that offensive line, just giving him the opportunity to win this game.
0: Yeah. And we've even been asked about it, Shane. I mean, like his NFL stock and how he's helping it and everything. I have to imagine that he is putting more into this game than any other. Yeah. Because this is the one the scouts are going to be looking at. Absolutely. Against Georgia, against this defense that's dominated everybody. And that doesn't mean he has to come out here and throw for five touchdowns. Mm -hmm. But just if he can make the big-time throws, because that's what they're looking for. He's got the big arm. Can he make these throws in the NFL? This is as close as he's going to see to an NFL defense. Uh, this this is a big week for him. It's basically the Eagles, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and he's got. Uh, sounds like Juice Wells. We keep hearing. Yeah, and you know, they keep saying he'll be back. Hopefully, this is the week.
1: Is and- Juice the best receiver on that team right now, Mike Xavier Leggett, I'm just SEC saying.
0: leader in receiving yards. So. I mean –
1: Anybody tucking their shirt like that, you know,
0: <laughs> extremely confident. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I've, now that they got two uh, two elite receivers here.
1: Maybe that should be my bet this week. If, if South Carolina pulls this off, I come in with the leg shirt <laughs>
4: uh,
0: Yeah. But, I mean, hey, this is what Steven has said. This is what you need to beat Georgia. Elite quarterback. Yeah. Skill players. And you just got to beat them. In man to man coverage down the field.
6: what have you seen from Spencer Rattler and what do you expect from him the second time you guys are facing
3: him? Well, he's got an elite arm talent, I can tell you that. The throws he's made, uh, he can make the touch throws, deep vertical back shoulder throws. Um, he's thrown a couple field outs. Um, he had a throw against Clemson last year on third and 10 that was a, a rope. So um, he's very elusive, um, very accurate with the ball. Uh, Hard to finish on. There's a lot of people that miss uh, tackles on him when they have an opportunity to to try to get him down. So, a tremendous player. Sees the whole field, and um, some of his best plays come off schedule, meaning that somebody misses somebody or he scrambles and he gets you on the shot. He's very dangerous.
4: Yeah, Shane, how has um, Leggett turned himself into a more reliable,
5: consistent performer out there? I think just work. You know, I know it's easy to say, but the guy works his tail off. And uh, he's just been very uh, driven and passionate about getting better. You know, he um, like the catch he made in the bowl game against Notre Dame for the touchdown. I mean, yes, that was a wow freakish play but it wasn't a surprise to me because I know you know Xavier's athleticism and strength and speed and all that I can remember last August August of 2022 there was some NFL teams out there scouts watching practice and he made some catches and I remember one pulling me aside saying who the heck is that you know just because of his size and speed and physicality he jumps out and uh, and and we had some pretty good receivers that he was competing with last year as well with you know guys like Josh Van and Jalen that are gone.
0: South Carolina's got the pieces to do that it, it's obviously much more complicated than that otherwise you know georgia would be beatable but yeah i don't know they've, they've got some tools to work with here i really do to make this game more interesting than most people are just looking at this and immediately going on yeah i don't know i, th- I think this could be you know an interesting game here
1: i think it could be too and again it's about the improvements you know everybody has their Everybody has their minds made up on South Carolina now after watching the UNC matchup. I mean, we told you that would be the problem week one and why you needed to come out because no one else other than South Carolina fans have been watching them. And I saw the progress week two. Again, it's Furman, whatever. But there was still some things in that game that they cleaned up immediately. So this is not going to be the same South Carolina program. Georgia, again scoreboard yeah looked has looked great the last couple of weeks but there's been some mistakes along the way but i feel like they're getting better so mm-hmm. but i feel like there's more question marks on the georgia team this year than there have been in the past yep. coming into this one you know we just last year i remember them going to south i was like there's no way this is going to be a ball game and i'm not saying that it's going to be this time but you know, there is a little bit of you saying, well,
0: if the stars align, you know, there may be an opportunity here. So And one final thing I just thought this was great, Shane. Tyler Simmons was all sides. That's one of the Georgia's <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> fans' favorite sayings, and he was. But Shane Beamer remembers that play. He yeah. was a special teams coach down there in Entrance. Right. I think he's trying to butter up them dogs oh, course, this week going into yeah. this matchup. You know what?
5: Yeah. Um taking me down on nightmares. It was the right thing. If you go to, uh, if you ask anybody in Athens what Tyler Simmons was on side means, they know. Because in the national championship game, uh, we had a Alabama punting. We kept, Kirby had come up with a plan that, you know, we're going to show this look when Alabama punts. We're confident that they will do this. And then when they do this, we're going to do that. And um, uh, Alabama's protection scheme, you know, we had a—we we, we were going to get a free rusher, we felt like, and we did. Came completely clean, uh, blocked a punt, just like we had designed it to do. And unfortunately, the officiating crew, not an SEC crew, but the <laughs> officiating crew absolutely uh, blew the call. And I don't want to say cost us a national championship, but – That was a significant play in the game uh, that potentially cost us a national championship game that night because that was the same game that Tua threw the pass on second and 26. And overtime and that block punt happens early in the second half, and there probably isn't an overtime. So I've gotten past it, as you can tell. It doesn't bother me anymore. But that was one. That was Kirby. You know, we had a whole month to work on it, and and he was exactly right. I didn't give
1: Kirby any any more ammo, (laughs) you know.
0: Yeah, you know, I saw someone on Twitter, Shane. They were like, "Don't make me like Shane Beamer this week." Come on, now, Georgia fan. So, but that's all that was. I thought that was great. All right, Shane, let's take a break from the show to let the audience know we're brought to you by MyBookie. Head on over to MyBookie.ag today and put in that promo code that SEC. That's T-H-A-T-S-E-C, and they're willing to match your initial deposit fifty percent all the way up to a thousand bucks. Fifteen hundred dollars in your account today, Shane, with using that promo code. That sec. All you got to do is follow the link in the show notes. Fade our picks, and Mike, <laughs> You ain't got to worry about the bills the rest of the year. You know what? So head on over to mybookie.ag. This is the number one way to help the show grow, help the show stay independent. Head on over to mybookie.ag and put in that promo code. That sec.
1: I'm getting a lot of Gamecocks out there saying, please put it on them Bulldogs.
0: (laughs) And we're also brought to you by Game Time Sidekicks. Check out Shane's Game Time Sidekicks there. They're partners with NIL, with all the SEC teams. they got every SEC team covered at Game Time Sidekicks. We cannot recommend this product more. Head on over to GameTimeSidekicks.com. Put in that promo code at checkout. S-E-C. Very, very simple. There's also a link in the show notes to the Game Time Sidekicks website where you can put in that promo code SEC. to Get 20% off your entire order. We guarantee you will be happy with your Game Time Sidekicks product. It's the finest tumbler stainless steel cup you'll ever buy. You know what? I swear,
1: man. if, If, like... Apocalypse happens and they start digging through the ruins. They're going to find game time cups and bowls. These things are built like, like I mean, it's, I can't explain it, but I was looking at my food bowl. I'm like, I got my little dog, uh, yeah. one of the bowls, and I was like, like three generations is going to be able to eat out <laughs> bowl. And I don't want to think
0: like that, but that's exactly what's going to happen. Yeah. So don't forget that promo code SEC for 20% off your entire order. Are you ready to elevate your college football game day experience? Check out Twisted Tea, your go-to game beverage for college football fans. Twisted Tea is unlike any hard beverage you've had before. It's made with real brewed tea and picks a flavorful punch, 5% alcohol, and no carbonation, delivering the perfect balance of taste and refreshment that goes down smooth for every game day occasion. No need to settle for the usual, Twisted Tea turns up any occasion, especially when you're cheering on your favorite SEC team. Twisted Tea, the drink that fuels fun and celebrates your love of college football. Keep it twisted. The podcast is also brought to you by GameTime. Head on over to GameTime.co and use promo code ThatSECTHATSEC for $20 off your first purchase. Buying tickets to your favorite events shouldn't be stressful. GameTime is a fast and easy way to buy tickets for all sports, music, comedy, and theater near you. GameTime is the place for the last-minute ticket sales. Forget planning months in advance. GameTime has deals on tickets right up to the day of the event. Head on over to GameTime.co. Snag tickets without the stress. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code THAT. SEC for 20 bucks off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem that SEC for 20 bucks off. Download the Game Time app today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price, guaranteed. How about Alabama, Shane? Nick Saban. We're mm-hmm. not going to, we don't to break down the South Florida game. We're going to kill them. But yeah. we're lacking in offensive identity, and I've talked about it. I don't think Milrose is necessarily the problem. I think it's the offensive line
1: you don't think he's the problem
0: no because I don't think they got anyone better <laughs> well, and that's the I, I sad mean, that... state of Alabama's decaying dynasty do you say
1: so and I don't mean to cut you off but do we see more quarterbacks in this game you think
0: yeah because they'll beat they'll blow their doors off right but they're also not putting him in a position to be successful yeah they're having him take the snap you know look downfield play this pro style there's no design quarterback runs there's no read option Mm -hmm. i mean you adjust to the players you got yeah you don't sit here and say i'm tommy reese i run pro style (laughs) and we're going to take his dual threat guy and make him run a nfl style system that doesn't suit his skills right you know that's you have to adjust to the talent you got and i think they've done a really poor job of doing that and even nick saban says it here we do not have an offensive identity and I can't remember the last time that's been the case at Alabama. Could
1: you imagine a couple of options coming? I mean, mm. I don't want to go fool Georgia Tech here, <laughs> you know, but I, I do think you're you're right. I think they're missing a little bit of that.
0: Mm-hmm. What do you see as the identity of this
4: offense? Um, I don't know that in this past game we had much of identity. I think we started out early in the game being able to run the ball effectively, um, and we. Did not mix up the play-action pass and the to complement the run game, and eventually, you know, it got harder and harder to run the ball. Um, we did make some explosive plays on offense, but uh, it's too like hit or miss. You got to you got to have consistency to be able to sustain drives, and um, that's the one thing that that you know we didn't do. We made explosive plays, but we weren't consistent enough in terms of developing identity to use your term. Uh, But the identity that we'd like to have is to be physical enough to be able to run the ball consistently, effectively, uh, but also be able to have a good play action game to go with it, be able to drop back when we need to and be efficient and effective in all those areas. And uh, I can't say that we were in this game other than making some explosive plays. We we didn't do that well enough.
8: Yeah, coach on Saturday night, you said the Texas game was a midterm, not the final, um, you know, with a long season still to go. How do you think the team's mindset is right now?
4: Well, I haven't talked to the team since after the game. I'll see him today, you know, when we watch the film. But um, I, I would be shocked if this team does not respond uh, in a really positive way um, to trying to get better, to try to do the things they need to do to get fixed. Um, but, you know, we, we, we have to have better execution. we got to do simple things better whether it's pass protection, blocking, controlling the line of scrimmage, not giving up big plays on defense, whatever. Uh, those are the things that are going to change. Uh, it's This is not just about attitude of players. They all wanted to win more than any fan, more than anybody in this room, and they put all the work and preparation into it. And, you know, I feel badly for them that we weren't able – to do whatever we need to do as coaches to try to help them have a better chance to be successful in the game. And we're all responsible for it, and we're all going to try to work hard to get better. So I would be shocked if um, these guys aren't don't come in here today with the attitude that we're going to go out there and try to improve and get better, and the future is now. I mean, we we got to do it now. That's, that's the main thing. All right, thing.
0: Shane, so no identity. The future is now. Does that does that mean there is no future? If the future is now. Come on, <laughs> I had to play that I one. I knew
1: it. Saban's out. This is it, man. He doesn't have time to work on this. You know. Uh, no, I I think Coach Coach said exactly what he's supposed to say. But uh, but yeah, this this is a program that we expected more. We didn't. Me, you, and I didn't expect them to lose to Texas, but they did. Yeah, you know. But. How do they bounce back? I think that's the key is because we never saw the bounce back last year. You know? with After the tough Tennessee games and the LSUs, you know, they're still mixed in. Ole Miss and Texas A&M and Texas, you know? Yeah. So it's like there's been – there's how do they fix those problems and can they fix those problems going into the next week? So, um, uh, yeah, I'm going <laughs> to, you may not be watching the South Florida as much <laughs> as I, but I'm definitely going to see if those mistakes are still being made.
0: Yeah. All right. How about, uh, two matchups here, Shane, I'm going to ask you a question when we get talking after both of them, but Kansas state, I guess you're Missouri Tigers. Yeah. So much on the line for Eli and company. I have, Called these fans Shane the most miserable two and and0 fans in the SEC, <laughs> and I think it's accurate because a lot of people are out on drink, they're fired up, they they ain't good enough, which they've been shaky. But two and is two and O. How big is this Kansas State game that we've seemingly been talking about for about six months? Yeah, it's, I mean, maybe they've been looking ahead.
1: Maybe, maybe it's even, but it's even bigger yeah. than it than it was a couple of weeks ago. And we have Mizzou fans, they they. They want to know if I'm still riding. Hell yeah, we're riding. <laughs> come on. We I you've not lost. And I don't care if, if you play this way every single week, as long as you come out with a victory. That's yeah. all that ultimately matters. Now, are we mad at how we got there? Sure. Yeah. Are we are we pissed off about some of the play calling and the and maybe the the playmakers that are being selected here, you know? Obviously, that's that's gonna keep coming. That's what we do. But at the end of the day, there's a lot of teams that aren't two and O you are. So I I'm, I'm all in. And this is a, an opportunity to, to remind the country that you guys are a top 25 team. So
0: yeah. How I'll, many quarterbacks we see in this one from Missouri?
1: I think we're, I think it'd be crazy not to put Sam in there at some point, maybe even give him a series, play the hot hand, you know, don't, don't let, I, I can see it. Coach doesn't want to be the one that makes that choice. You know, but if you do come in, let's say on the third series and he's productive, then play it, man. Keep rolling it, and then all of a sudden, you're not the one that made the decision. Sam made the decision by coming out here and putting some drives together. So, mm-hmm. um, it's a little bit tougher in this one, being a top twenty matchup. You know, you you don't want to, you know, you don't want to be the one that messes it up. I get that, but again, we're, we're talking about the ceiling. Who's got the higher ceiling? I think Sam does. Um, nothing against Brady. I think he's a great guy. I'm, I'm not going to do the daughter joke again, but I, I, I think we've seen it. We've seen it. So the, the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over and expecting different results. That's exactly what happened last week. So let's not do it again this week.
0: Yeah. Does he completely lose the fan base you think if he loses this yeah, game? They'll yeah. burn that fucking place down. Right? You know what I'm saying? Excuse my language, Mom, but they should. You know what I'm saying?
1: Because – Forget the numbers, forget all that stuff. You're still a better team than Kansas State. Go out there and do it.
0: Yeah. How about BYU Arkansas? Tricky game. Rocket Sanders out. Yeah. Still with the knee. They've looked shaky too, but they've got all the potential in the world. They they beat BYU good last year, mm-hmm. but that was like a KJ Jefferson Superman show. Yeah. You know what I mean? They may need that again, but they shouldn't. They should just they should beat them. It's night game. They rarely get night games in Razorback Stadium. Uh, we got to get the running game going. The defense is, is playing lights out. Thoughts on BYU at Arkansas? Hmm.
1: I think that Arkansas is not getting the respect they deserve because of self-inflicted wounds. Hmm. If they would clean some of these stupid mistakes up, everyone would be talking about Arkansas could win the West. Yeah, I, I truly think that's that would be the narrative at this point. Mm-hmm. So if they can get this run, it's the offensive line going back to the the big uglies up front. If they can go over here and manhandle BYU, and this defense continue to do what they've been doing and improving each week, not make KJ win this game. Let's let Rock. I don't know if Rocket's going to play. I don't, it doesn't matter who's back there. There should be a running back back there with a hundred yards rushing in this game, and that's what it's that's what it's ultimately going to boil down to. If we don't have that dynamic, if we don't have that that team chemistry, and you're putting it all on 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 uh, KJ, you're going to end up losing, and you could lose this week.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Rockets out, so he ain't going to be playing. So he is out officially he's, for sure. Yeah, okay. he's not going to play in this one. Uh, but is it possible? And to your point. Also, some drops on third downs would have kept some drives alive. That that would maybe change the Kent State game. But is it fair to say maybe we should not overreact to two weeks of two new coordinators? I mean, the defense coordinator Travis Williams is doing a hell of a job. Yep. I'm not saying Dan Enos doing a bad job, but it, maybe we got to give him a little bit more time to before we judge him. Nope. No, <laughs> no, not at all. Pull
1: the schedule up. You know, <laughs> yeah. like, you want to talk about a juggernaut that's coming up. The, the time's over. The runway. We are at the end. BYU is that last opportunity yeah. to figure shit out, and and we've got to be hitting on all cylinders at the end of this one, mm. or this dream of winning an SEC or West, you know, or going to an SEC championship it's just it's it's, it's Not real, you know? It's a dream. That's all it is. So do you have the schedule?
0: Yes, sir. So after BYU at LSU, Mm -hmm. A&M in Arlington, at Ole Miss, at Alabama. So
1: so do you think this is the last (laughs) week? And and you can't even say that with BYU. BYU's a good team. It's not a – You know, a Northwest Illinois, you know, bullshit team. It's, it's, I don't even know if that's a program. I just made (laughs) sure. But you know what I'm saying? You know, it's not an apt state coming in here. This, this is a team that you should, you should put away. So, uh, and if they're struggling and fighting with them tooth and nail because, again, self inflicted wounds, then there's no way Arkansas gets through that with two wins. Right. You know,
0: and and this is what I wanted to ask you closing out on this one Sam Pittman, Arkansas, Mm -hmm. Eli Drinkwitz, Missouri. Which coach has got more pressure on them this week? These are non-conference games, yeah. But and hey, we like these guys. We don't want to see them not be the coach there. But I just feel like a lot of fans will be like, "We're in year four, whatever, and we're we can't beat these non-conference teams at home. How are we ever going to compete at a, at a high level in the SEC?" And I think those are fair questions.
1: Yeah, I, I doubt definitely creeps in if if Sam loses, you know, and it's already kind of rumbling out there. I love Sam. I think he's one of the greatest people to walk this face of the earth. You know, I I really, I think he's a great person, a great person and a great coach. And that's why the kids like playing with him. But BYU is a team you should beat. Yeah. So losing to that one, that's when, that's when the doubters start creeping in. Drink loses this game. They want his job. Yeah. <laughs> so if you're if you're talking about more pressure, without a doubt, it, it's 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 Eli. He's he's got to have it because of it'd be one thing if you steamrolled the first two games and then we drop one to a top fifteen team, sure. But struggling those first two weeks, making because they're, that's what they're they're judging you. If Brady if Brady comes out here and doesn't perform, they're not judging him. They're judging Drink for putting him in there. So yeah, all the pressure is on him right now.
0: Well, speaking of pressure, Shane, Texas A and M, real quick, they played Louis Monroe. We don't got to break that down, yeah. but uh, it's pretty funny stuff. You you sent me on on all these players slipping on the turf, <sighs> oh, God, uh, and, and DJ Durkin being man, what a quality coach he is. You yeah. know,
7: Jimbo slipping seemed to be an issue Saturday. What, what do you think contributed to that? I don't know, maybe we had their own cleats. I don't know. I mean, the middle of the field did slip, but they, you know, they had the same guys we did. I know. I know. Connor did a couple times. That he was getting ready to throw. His feet went out from under him, and that happened. What'll happen? A lot of times, when you play at teams that have different logos, in other words, I say multiple teams play at the a sport, they change that logo out. Well, when they do that, they change that grass has to be interchanged. So that's usually done on a very quick. Uh, and then, plus their stadium, those stadiums that have that half. Don't get the sunlight to dry out, and then you had to rain. And plus, so, and you'll wet that part to make that grass take, and it makes that slick, and then you'll paint on the emblem. And when you have to take stadiums, and in my history of it, they always do that, you'll have a lot of that, some of those issues occasionally mm-hmm. in that situation, and that seemed to what happened. And what Did would be your that?
6: evaluation of the job that DJ uh,
7: Durkin is doing? Did a good job right now. We played the run extremely well, played a great first game. We gave up a couple deep ball passes, and we got to get a little more pressure. But DJ's a very good coach, he does a good job. And knows what he's doing.
0: And the clapping and all the
7: excuses. <laughs> Say less, you know? Yeah. Say less.
0: So, uh yeah, what'd you th- what'd you think about this, Shane? All these slipping. Was Miami not playing on the same field? They I'm are. confused.
1: And, and and this right here, I can't stand you know, Shane did this the other day with the hot dogs and the chain game, you yeah. know? It's like yeah, we're we're the ones, the fans, the media, we're the ones that are gonna come up with excuses, not the head ball coach. Right. Own it, you lost it, you got beat, fix what the problem is. And is it DJ? I don't know. That's what I'm kinda leaning more toward, but whatever. I think I think and at the end of the day, you know, you're looking at the mirror, the pressure is on Jimbo, but that seat just got really hot real quick.
0: Yeah. How about uh, Georgia Tech at Ole Miss? Shane? we gotta get the ground game going. Gotta get Judkins yep. going before we get into Alabama. Otherwise, they're gonna eat us up alive. Yep. Jackson Dart, live it up to the hype. <laughs> yes, I'm so sir. happy I jumped on the on the train early. He is slicing and die, and it's so funny that they waited so damn long to yeah. name him starting quarterback. He's only been one of the best quarterbacks in the SEC. But uh, any other thoughts? Georgia Tech, tricky little team here. But I mean, Ole Miss blew their doors off. Oh, last well, season they they should do it again
1: well and again a little bit of a sometimes we see that with uh with old Miss especially a couple you know a little bit of a letdown after a tough win yeah you know so let's don't see that let's this is a new program this is a this is a this is a top 25 team top 10 team at the end of the day if they play their cards right so keep keep grinding on them but the defense too I think they made a lot of mistakes last, last week and do and they clean that up? I surely they do against Georgia Tech, but this ain't the this ain't your papa's Georgia Tech. They're not gonna run all the time. Uh it, it's it's gonna have a little bit more of a balanced attack, but I think it's a good game to clean up before you get into the tough SEC play.
0: Shane, I don't think my heart can take another loss to the ACC. No. Come on, old Miss, don't let me down. Don't, don't, yeah. They're already hanging <laughs> banners, you
1: know. <laughs> like UCF, they're Marines, you know. They're going undefeated against SEC teams. Yep. So let's don't do that.
0: All right, Akron at Kentucky. Shane, we got to get Devin Leary going. He, he started to heat up last week. But uh, with Liam Cohen now, his situation, it's, it's kind of weird to even talk about it. The pressure that's on old Miss but or, or uh, Kentucky's offense to kind of mm. get the ball rolling but thankfully for them they you were talking about Arkansas schedule they get about five six weeks to figure this stuff out before they have to go to Georgia yeah. but uh Kentucky I, if we're in a four quarter game against Joe Moorhead's Akron I'm gonna be I'm gonna be very very concerned yeah
1: yeah uh this one here is it's like what is it? Fool me once, shame on me. It's like, you know, I'm not going to butcher <laughs> Fool me it like twice, President shame on Bush you. Did, but yeah, that, I, I think that's where we're at with Kentucky is like, okay, all right, well, we made it. We messed up. We made some mistakes. Let's just get back. This is a team you put put away by half, and then you can start getting some of these starters off the field because, you know, they are riddled with injuries. And a lot of that is these kids fighting for their life for four quarters when they didn't need to be.
0: Yeah. Sanford had Auburn. Again, that'll be a laugher. But. 3-0, man. Could
1: you imagine? You Ooh.
0: going 3-0. <laughs> 3-0 heading into A&M. Yeah. After that tough, hard-fought West Coast game, this is a perfect where it's located. Because if it was a Texas A&M this week, I think we'd be in real trouble. Yeah. But, uh, you know, we we want to see this offense has got to improve. Oh, yeah. And I guess this opponent, kind of like you were asking me about LSU. You know, I, 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 almost like a, it's they won last week, but they still need to get right, right? Because they damn near lost to Cal with a pathetic showing on offense is what it really yeah. was. Uh, this is an opportunity to build some momentum because A and M, based on what we've seen on their defense, you can you can hit them. So uh, I think it's a real opportunity for for the Hugh Freeze train to keep on rolling.
1: Absolutely, this is this needs to be a lot like the the Florida game. Uh, you know, come out first quarter. Let's work on running. Second quarter, let's work on passing. Third quarter, <laughs> it's like let's start scrimmage. getting some – That's exactly what it is. But let's get some red zone work here, you know. <laughs> let's let them have a couple long ones so we can work on the inside the 20. That's that's what this needs to be here. Uh, you're, you're just getting it right, cleaning up. But this offense was – Terrible, yeah. Last week, and they need a they need a big bounce back.
0: All right, last one. Shane Vandy at UNLV. It's weird to see SEC. We're on the West Coast. I know Las Vegas, not quite West Coast, but yeah. so many travels out there. Must win for Vanderbilt. We got to get AJ Swan going. Been very disappointed with the turnovers with AJ Swan. Mm-hmm. If they're going to pull upsets in the SEC, these receivers, this quarterback, they've got to get hot. It's got to start now.
1: Yeah. It's like a, it's like my belt, you know. It's just barely <laughs> hanging on, and and it, if they're if these guys are going to make a bowl game, you know they have got to they got to win. They yeah. got to win this one, and now you're going to have to pull off some miracles in the SEC. So you know that's that's where we're at with Vandy. They're gonna they're gonna need a big bounce back, and they cannot afford to lose any more. Or I think they lose the momentum yeah. of a, of a rebuilding program that that Clark clark lee established last season
0: emphasis on building (laughs) too soon (laughs) all right buddy so uh we hit on all the teams and uh anything else before we hop off the line now don't forget that
1: hotline number and uh florida georgia or florida georgia that's coming up
0: florida tennessee (laughs) georgia South Carolina, South
1: Carolina. You got LSU. I mean, we've got some damn football games this week, brother. Yeah, there's some there's some cupcakes sprinkled in there, but there are a lot of great matchups, and I can't wait to see it because this is when the the East and the West start dividing. You know, this is when we truly start to figure out who's going to be going that way and who's going to have to try again next year.
0: Yep. Well, I appreciate you, buddy. As always, appreciate all y'all for tuning in. We'll catch you on the next.